up, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Malty Goodness Podcast, where we talk all things beer. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle Banky, talking to the man who hit the sand, Christopher Tootin. Chris, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing really well, except for you said my full name, which makes me think I did something wrong, which I'm sorry. I guess I kind of did, because <laughs> as you said, I hit the sand and I went to the beach this last weekend, yeah. so um, doing good. I was you know, a little on edge going to the beach with everything going on. I felt like maybe... There were going to be knots, or people were not going to be practicing social distancing, and I was both wrong and not wrong at the same time, because we got there on Thursday, and there were not really many people on the beach, but then by Saturday, they were basically, I don't know, it was just annoying, because people don't understand what staying six feet away means, apparently, but we're good to go. Yeah. So, I'm doing good. How are things going with you, though? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. I'm ready to drink some beer, but before we do, remember, you can stay up to date with all things multi-goodness at our website, multigoodness.com, or on Facebook at multigoodness, or on Instagram at multigoodnesspodcast. And remember, we have contact form if you want to reach out to us and let us know if we're doing a good job, or if there's things we should talk about, or beers that we should try, or breweries we should have a chat with. Um, and we also have a few other things, some merch available or, you know, as, as we've said multiple times, we're working on a few other <laughs> things, but you can go over to multigoodness.com slash store and check out the merch and support us and rep us with your beer paraphernalia, as well as if you go to multigoodness.com slash beer dash list, you can take a look at all of the beers we've ever featured on right now, currently only season one, but we're working on adding season two and current season three on there as well. So you can do a little searchy search, find what you need, see if we've <laughs> featured it, and uh, check it out. So, yeah, um, Chris. In, in pure dude style, though, yeah. I will say that I love how many things we have on like deck. It's like, hey, we're going to do this eventually, just not right now. Yeah. Or it's coming soon, yeah. but we don't have a date for you. Yeah. It's like, it's like we're building, uh, building some, some uh, excitement around it, even though we have no date around it. I'm super excited about the beer list because I've, I've started trying to go and untap everything that I've ever had on the podcast because I'm trying go. to hit hit a goal or hit a milestone. That's a thousand unique beers on untapped. So nice. You could easily get there which I'm going to do that. I was going to say now I'm going to I'm going to do that with this. So, yeah. Well, Chris, you picked this beer up. Uh, let me know what we what are we drinking today? So before I go into it, I'm going to really quickly say that, in my opinion, I'm going to just go and self-proclaim this one because we haven't done it in a while. We're going to lead off with a can of the week. Nice. Yeah, I like it. I'm calling it, and we'll talk a little bit more about the details later on, but we are going to be visiting a Georgia brewery for the second time on a show. Uh, This is Eventide Brewing out of um, Georgia, just south south side of Atlanta. Um, This is their Arbor Ale which is a honeysuckle Kolsch. I'm really so, pumped about this. Yeah, very seasonal. And I, you know, I picked this one up actually. So I picked this one up a few weeks ago. Um, we've been, you know, trying to make my rounds of the local breweries. And I, and I went to Eventide to pick this one up. And mm-hmm. I saw it in honey. And ironically enough, I'd literally the day before I'd been, been going for a walk and smelling some of those fresh honeysuckles. And I was like, ah, oh, that smells so good. Oh, yeah. Joking around saying I want to make one. And then lo and behold, I go by Eventide and this thing pops up. So I was like, I'm definitely going to grab that. Had a few and realized that, you know what? We need to try this on the, the podcast. Cause these are the types of beers we like to feature, especially since it's seasonal right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So super excited about this. Um, it's an F5.3 ABV. Yeah. So let's go ahead and uh, let's pop, this. pop it. Let me talk a little bit about what this great can looks like, but even better yet, what it tastes like. I think oh. that was our closest digital simo crack. Yeah, this is that's been the one I say I don't want to say hard part about all this, but that's been definitely one of the tricky things has been trying to get the, the both the cheers correct as well as the um the the opening of the, the bottles cuz typically only we only have one bottle or can to open. We yeah. Don't usually share, especially not right now. Yeah, no. especially. But um but yeah, no, it's just that's been that's been fun. So wow, that's a beautiful beer. Glass. Yeah, I was about to say it's, I you know, Kolsch is one of those styles I can't remember, but I'm gonna go look here and see if we've had any Kolsch's yet. Um, but for the most part, Kolsch's are gonna be very you know very summer you know summer spring and summer beers and very clear, very easy drinking type beers. Yeah, the head retention on this is really good too. Um, and I didn't fudge up the pour either. Um, it's actually a, a good pour. So, but Shocking. yeah, this. 
yeah, it's really effervescent. You can see the bubbles hitting the side and going on up. Um, and the head is is about uh, two, three, four centimeters or so. It's pretty good. It's sticking around so far. Yeah, mine was huge. I actually couldn't. This is a 12-ounce can, but I couldn't even pour it fully out into our our uh, goblet or chalices that we have, which are not quite. I believe these are more than 12 ounces, but they're not 16. I always forget what these are. I couldn't even pour the full glass. I in feel here, like so they're like. Pouring. 12.5 or something having to sip the yeah i think yeah it's about right i'm having to sip the the head this look this is a good looking beer unfortunately no one but you can see it right now kind i of, know but, um yeah the head head's really good on this one the color is what gets me they they describe it as a light medium gold color which i definitely agree it's it's got that that straw kind of color to it yeah but i dig had it. to sip some of the had to sip some of the um the which am I called the the foam off the top? That's some of the best part. So, by the way, did a quick search on the beer list, and we have not had had a Kolsch yet, or at least we did not in season one. Okay. Um, so, auditorial corrections, listeners, if you remember us having one, and we're just completely blanking on what beer we've had on the show, <laughs> please let us know. <laughs> we'll eventually figure it out if so. But I think yeah. this may be our first one. So yeah, um, yeah. Give me your give me your thoughts on I say aroma because I again sure, I've had sure, this one sure. once already, but. Mm. I guess I'll let you smell it's, it first. It's uh it's definitely like that classic beer smell you get, you know, like mm-hmm. um right when you walk into a brewery that kind of uh you know I'm I'm the, the wort smell. Uh similar to that, Ooh, but but in yeah, that... but in a nice crisp version of it. Yeah. Um agreed. It definitely smells what I expect when I the Kolsch is almost like I relate it kind of to a Pilsner. Um kind of like a blonde ale those are pretty much all in the same group and i definitely say the aroma seems to be in that same up that same alley you know i was i would expect some of the honeysuckle it's interesting because we opened a can and i poured it into the glass and i kind of smelled some of the foam as i was trying to make sure that it didn't spill over on me and it i got a lot of that honeysuckle aroma mm-hmm. however when i just smell the beer now that the foam has dissipated some i'm not getting as much of the honeysuckle fla- um aroma i'm yeah i'm as there was when it came out of the can. So that's kind of intriguing. Um, but yeah, definitely a little bit of that straw, a little bit of maltiness, very slight, no hop really at all, I'd say, which actually now that I'm looking at this, it says they describe it as low hop aroma. So, hey, very good there. So yeah, um, I love that color, though, and there sl- seems to be some slight carbonation coming up. This, this, oh, this yeah. seems like it's going to be a great summer beer, Yeah, which it's, hey, by the way, it's Memorial Day weekend. It is. And so... These are the types of beers that you want to be sitting around a pool with great friends this time of year. But right now, since for the most part, we're at home. Yeah, sitting and, around and, at you know, home. I'm, <laughs> I'm lucky enough to be at home most weekdays right now. I kind of forget that it was a holiday weekend, but I know, I'm glad right? I have beers like this on hand to drink. So I gave it a little sip, Chris. Yes. Oh, so did I. Oh, man. It's really um, it's really a beer's beer. I don't know. I don't know if that's here. Yeah, it's it's uh, it reminds me a lot of, like you said, like a Pilsner, that classic beer taste. Um, but there's a really nice, rich sweetness from the honeysuckle um, that kind of balances out that super malty uh, backbone that you get from, um, you know, the 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 Kolsch style as well. Yeah. And I and I definitely agree. It's it's interesting because when I first drank this beer, I don't think I was in that like tasting mindset where I was really trying to pick out all the different flavors. I think I was just kind of looking for a good beer to have outside. I think we were going over to the park one day to just kind of have some have some lunch or dinner, you know, of course, six feet away from everyone. Um, and <laughs> but now that I'm drinking it kind of standalone by itself, haven't had any other beers yet um, today to kind of have clash with it. I'm getting a lot of sweetness on the flavor that I really love. The honeysuckle is coming through really strong, mm-hmm. which, you know, I and I'm always curious if they actually truly used honeysuckle, which I'm going to go out on a limb and say they did because, mm-hmm. um, well, Karina had never, she didn't know you could eat honeysuckles. Sorry, and that's not a bad thing. I just think some people don't realize that you can eat them. They've you got can. a little, little bit of that sap inside them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exactly kind of what this beer tastes like. It kind of tastes like you took all, like a bunch of that sap, which imagine how many honeysuckles that would take. Yeah. And put it into um, a fermenter and put some yeast on it and let it ferment. Like that's kind of what this seems like it tastes like. Yeah, so, I love it almost the it almost reminds me of that really um, nature filled sugar aspect that like 
uh, agave gives you um, as well. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I'm almost getting a little bit of hot bitterness on the back end as well. Yeah, um, which all beers have to have a little bit of hop in them. I mean, it just kind of. I'm not sure if you've ever had a beer that was you feel like not hopped enough, even for like a light style. Like I know I have, and it just comes off super bland. Mm-hmm. This one. Um, has 24 IBUs, so it actually has a good bit of bittering hops, I'd say, for this style. But um, you can definitely get it a little bit more on the back end. Yeah, the it's honey. That... Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say it's that nice dry kind of bitterness too. Yeah, no, agreed. It it definitely doesn't. It definitely is not predominant. It does not take over. It almost just like if you're if you allow yourself to kind of like take it in from start to finish, you definitely get it on the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, the honey is what I was gonna say is actually I feel like that's adding a lot to the sweetness as well. Mm-hmm. Um. That's something I missed completely the first time I had it. I've had a hard problem with some of the beers we've had recently which featured honey just because honey is not really prevalent, it seems like. Um, it's hard to, to taste. I just feel like it all ferments out typically, and so I'm definitely not getting that with this one. I am definitely feel like I'm tasting some of the honey, and it appears to be local honey as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, a really light, refreshing uh, mouthfeel as well. It's super... Super light, even with the mouthwash test, it doesn't actually expand and kind of give you that that greater mouthfeel. It, it stays actually pretty um, light and uh, thin, which I really enjoy as well. Really, really easy to drink beer here. Oh, yeah. Actually, mine, when I did the mouthwash test, it kind of opened up a little bit, which it is worth noting. We are drinking from the exact same six-pack right now. We just were able to do a switcherooski here recently. We were able to yeah do some beer swap off so we're actually making sure we're choosing or we're drinking from the same cans we're getting that exact same taste Mm -hmm. kyle and i are all about quality assurance so we wouldn't want to do a podcast where we weren't drinking from the same batch at least let alone the same glass yeah let alone the same (laughs) glass ironically (laughs) enough we are doing the same glass today um price point on this was really good even though i got it from the brewery i know that we talk about going to breweries and supporting local breweries right now especially because that you know go directly to them as opposed to even going to like a grocery store or even like a liquor store because they've already seen that revenue and yeah they need revenue direct now but um i feel like a lot of breweries are their pricing is starting to reflect the fact that they're trying to do um, good by obviously furloughed workers or some kind of helping out in the service industry. And so I mm-hmm. feel like we're seeing an elevation in just direct consumer beer prices right now, which is not yeah. something you would normally see. I mean, I've seen a lot of breweries around town, you know, giving their what would traditionally be a a higher priced four pack. Maybe let's think of, you know, a four pack of 16 ounce cans for $14. They're charging anywhere from 18 to 20 right now. Mm-hmm. So, which I'm okay paying. Yeah. Um, exactly. It, it, I'm, you know, especially right now, I feel like my money's not going anywhere else. But all that being said, given all that, I went directly to the brewery for this one and got this, and it was ten dollars for the six pack of nice. twelve ounce cans. And it also is meant to support um, Earth Day efforts. So that's awesome. The name Arbor. Yeah. Um. One thing I've noticed as well, too, just on that subject of price point, I've noticed a lot of breweries that are doing the what traditionally would be a six pack they're cutting it down to a four pack so they can get an extra four pack out of two sixes. So um, I've I've seen a lot of, a lot of people kind of cutting down their package size to kind of make up for that, that difference that they may be charging a little bit too, to try to help with the, um, with their employees. So, and I know it's the analyst in me that does this, but I typically like to kind of figure out because a lot of times when, when we see a four pack offered or four pack of 16 ounce or a, 12 pack or sorry six pack of 12 ounce cans i typically like to be like cool how many ounces is that now let me do the quick value do the price math, yeah it does seem like more is being charged for those four ounce packs than the six ounce as well so i mm-hmm. feel like to me when i see a four ounce or a 12, uh, 16 ounce can a four pack of those i kind of think the beer itself is going to be a little more prestigious maybe a little more um goes into making the beer so it could just be an association thing that people have with a 16 ounce can and yeah. breweries realize that hey we can charge more for a four pack of 16 ounce so yeah um the can on this which by the way can of the week uh mm-hmm. is beautiful um it is it's definitely up there as far as the very simplistic elegant version of a can that i've seen in a long time um yeah. from a lot of georgia breweries um and and I'll pick out, there's a few things. I mean, what? yeah, what are some of your favorite things? I'm curious to see. Like, I know I have multiple things that I like about this can yep. that I'm going to point out in a second. What What? Uh, what about you as far as? 
You know, uh, one of the things I love, it's got this nice floral pattern kind of on it, and it's in a nice vibrant green color, which I think pops because the base of the can is like a nice white, a uh, nice kind of off-white mm-hmm. cream color almost. Yeah. Um, that it, it really pops. And I really love that they put the giant E right in the middle on the front um, for Eventide. It's their same script that they typically use, but it's just really massive on the front. Um, it, it's just a really nice pairing, I think. And they leave a lot of um, bottom of the can space, which you don't typically see. They're using the top of the can a little bit more differently than a lot of other places are. Um, where they're kind of utilizing all of the real estate. Here, they're really using the design on kind of that top aspect, which I think is super cool. They're utilizing negative space well, yeah. is what I would be out here. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I agree. I love the the fact that there's a lot going on, but not a lot going on at the very same time. The mm-hmm. E is obviously super cool. Green's one of my, it's actually is my favorite color, so therefore I love the fact that it almost seems like this is a hand-drawn image all throughout the background around the entire can of like a, someone's drawing of honeysuckle mm-hmm. bushes um and slightly different shades of green i might add yeah I feel like there's three different shades there's a dark green a, like a medium green and like a slightly lighter green but um that's super cool arbor ale is in a sans serif font which i really love yep um at the bottom and then if you turn it around and they have the which breweries are doing this more often kind of putting a, a debri- very brief description on mm-hmm. the back it says Eventide Brewing, um, light, crisp, and floral. And then it says, for our inspiration on Arbor Ale, see, or sorry, visit www.eventidebrewing.com, which, but I love the fact that that's in like a gray mm-hmm. font. I don't know why. I know it's, it kind of clashes with the green a little bit, but I kind of just like the way it's been done. Um, and then also the fact that there's like a matte can. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a saran wrap can. Mm-hmm. One of the, the shrink wrap, sorry, not saran. <laughs> Shrink wrap can, but it's it's a very it's matte. And I just love that. Yep, so. I love the the tactile feel of that too. It's just something that when you pick up the can is is just a little bit different than mm-hmm. a lot of places. That gives you that extra uh, aspect because you know we do have more than two senses. So yeah. um, it, one thing I will note that I'm not a huge fan of because of the saran, you get a really distinct uh, label. Um, margin right at, right on like towards the back um that mm-hmm. where you can see that it's oh, kind yeah, of like blended together um but other than that oh yeah fantastic that's true i hadn't noticed that actually so i'm gonna ding them hard points on that oh one. man no um yeah no that's a that's a good point and you know i'll leave it with we said it early on this is a honeysuckle beer or a honeysuckle kolsch very and it's a very feminine beer i'll say mm-hmm but it's also a very manly beer all at the same time. Yeah. Because this beer is almost like easy drinking. I feel like you could get someone to really like this beer that typically drinks like a domestic. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like I know for me, I would love to drink a six pack of these easily. I could go through a six pack outside. I could get Karina drink a, to drink a six pack of these because yeah. she loves, she typically loves sours and kind of, you know, beers that aren't so hoppy. And so she she would want to drink some of this at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um even the can design, like obviously we're sitting here t- raving about it and it's very, it's very elegant and it's very, um, trying to think of the right word. It's very, well, girly is not the right way to say it. It, it just, it's very, you know, it's very feminine in a way. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's not going to draw a typical man's man going into a liquor, you know, into a store looking for Budweiser. But at the same time, like I'm very, I think it's a super awesome can. I think that you're yeah. going to hit a lot of beer, styles with this one in terms of people who like different stuff i was gonna say this is this is the ultimate picnic party beer because you Mm -hmm. could get you know a 24 or even more pack of this throw it in a cooler and you get the the guy that loves craft beer that would like it you get the guy that loves domestics that loves it you get the ladies that love the little you know the sweeter sour type beers or you get the people that don't necessarily maybe like beer in general that may drink this that think it's re- light and refreshing. So I think it's an, an all-around great beer for all of the all of the demographics of people. Yeah, definitely check out Eventide if you have a chance if you're in if you're in Atlanta, um, local. I think they really only distribute throughout Georgia. I think so too. So, which hey, it's okay though because Kyle, today we got some good beers coming up. We do. Which, We've kind of got a new format. We, we seem to always be changing our formats, but yeah. I think we're going to go with one. We're going to branch outside Georgia a little bit mm-hmm. today as well, just to uh, 
to bring you some good brews that you can always also find in your neck of the woods. But Eventides is super visitable. They're they, visitable. I don't know if that's a word, but they're going to be, they've got some really cool things coming up in that area. It's actually on um, Grant Street, which is southwest of or south of where the old Turner Field used to be. Yep. Um, they do a great got, farmer's market down there. Yeah, there's a good farmer's market. They're going to be um, opening up some new restaurants right in that area, like some high-profile restaurants from high-profile chefs here in Atlanta. Yep. Um, so looking, definitely I think that that's going to be a super cool space to come hang out, even if I know they've got a patio right now, a pretty large patio Yeah. Um, that they are allowing people to be on. They are obviously the inside of the tap room is technically, I believe, still closed, even though they might be opening back up with some of the reopen orders that mm-hmm. Georgia has here going on. Um, but definitely a super cool place to hang out. Um, especially in May. I mean, it's like Memorial Day weekend. So yeah. I know this episode's, you know, coming out. And, but hey, if you got nothing to do on Monday, go down to Eventide. I'd say definitely check it out. Yeah. Um, great place to hang out. So Chris, what would you give Any for final? your final score? Oh, that's true. I forgot. I was going to give a final score. And I don't remember if I've tapped this one or not when I first had it. Maybe only like a 375. But honestly, after kind of this review and going back over my profile, I'm going to give it a 4.25. All right. Really high score. I know for me, and this is not traditionally one of my styles. Cultures I don't love. I just love yeah. the heavier beers and dark. But yeah, I, I think that I'm only dinging it a little bit on that hop bitterness. I feel like maybe they put a little too much bitterness in there. Mm-hmm. Um, not going to ding it on much else, though. Yeah. Honestly, what about you? I, I would also give it a 4.25. Uh, I think it's, it's a great beer to have in your arsenal, I think, of those top beers that you always kind of go to. I think this is a great summer beer or spring beer uh, to, to bring out during picnic or out in the park or just doing anything outdoors and you're going to drink. That This would honestly be one of my go-tos. So Yeah. Cheers to uh, Eventide and, uh, well, Arbrail in this case, but cheers to Eventide. Cheers. We are going to continue the spring beer trend here. Yeah. And go. So basically, I mentioned it earlier that we're going to kind of try a new, um, slightly different format. And since I feel like we've been featuring a lot of Georgia brews, which we're going to continue to do, there's just obviously a lot of great beer coming out of our state. Um, But we figured we would kind of break our beers into kind of where they're located and try and go maybe around the country a little bit as well. So, yeah. this one we're actually going to feature more of a, a national beer, mm-hmm. um, and it's actually one that everyone's heard of. Yeah, um, I know that I first heard of this beer years ago. In fact, this is probably one of maybe the fifth or sixth like true craft beer I ever drank. Um, this is Rogue, so they're out of Oregon. Mm-hmm. This is Rogue Dead Guy. Yeah, which first of all, great name for a beer. It is a great name. Um, and it's a it's a Maybach, I believe they consider it right. Yes. Cool. A German yeah, there's Maybach. not much on the can anymore. A German Maybach. Yeah, there's not much on the can anymore because it used to be, I feel like, th- this one originally came in like bottles and it was like a big deal, like the bombers. Um, yeah. And I remember when I first, like I said, when I first got it, it was at a Taco Mac and I was like, Rogue Dead Guy, like what the, what a name for a beer, you know? But um, at, over the years, I've come to realize that Rogue is one of, they're kind of like the Sam Adams, the Stone, um, the Dogfish Head. They're kind of in that same group of breweries. Yep. Um, Rogue has just done a fantastic job of be, becoming nationally distributed. Um, and they are not owned by any of the big uh, big macro breweries. So we appreciate that. So yep. they're actually owned. Kyle, did you know? Which I know you know because we talked briefly about it. But but it was new to you at the time, which it is was. they were started by three Nike executives back in 1988. Super cool. Which... You knew the executive, you'd heard of the executive names because you said you'd worked at Nike in the past, yeah. but I just think that's super cool. And so basically they started it back in 1988, so again, similar to some of the, the you know, the other ones we talked about. And yeah. so that's where they kind of get some of that notoriety from. And through the years, they've just been able to be distributed in all places. I mean, heck, I saw them in Bed Bath & Beyond one day. Yeah, what the so, hell, Bed Bath & Beyond? Yeah. I didn't see this one. You it was like ID's Sriracha. Bed Bath & Beyond? Right? Seriously. <laughs> Only certain ones. But uh, yeah, so let's go and crack it and see yeah. what we're working with. Because in my box, definitely an interesting style, I'd say. Oh, yeah, wow, we nailed both anyway. cracks on that one, too. Oh, man. I, I always like to give it a little quick little sniff out of the can. Mm. Mm. Um, so my box, we, we featured a few. And I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do a quick beer search on our on our handy dandy multi goodness.com 
beer list. But a Maibach is an interesting style because it's obviously a – I don't know much about the German um, Maibach style. I know I know box in general. It's a very German style. It's almost like the first German kind of dark lager, yep. if you will. Um, but, yeah, this one pours a super amber, dark amber color in the glass. It is Ugh. very beautiful, honestly. It is this, super beautiful. This is this is one of the beer colors that I just absolutely adore. Um, anything that pours into a glass like this, I feel like I have to try whenever I see it. I see somebody with it at a bar or something, which RIP bars. Um, but, you know, Seriously. you look over, and I'm like, yeah, give me what that guy had. Oh. That's true. Rest in peace. So, I mean, a Maybach, again, I keep saying that uh, that phrase because we have had two different types of box on the show, by the way. We've had a um, Sam Adams, the chocolate box. Oh, yeah. I forgot all about that one. Yeah. Season yeah. one. And then also, Kyle, don't forget it. Cabin Fever. The old Cabin Fever. The, uh, the old Cabin Fever is a honey box. Honey box. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we've, goes, we've gone with some of the more non-traditional ones. We're like working our way back to just like the traditional uh, Doppelbach style, which is a classic you know german one but yeah. my buck is we we wanted to feature this one um as it is spring it's actually may in fact and my is may in german so there you go that's kind of was my thought process there maybach different it's than Maybach. i was gonna say different than <laughs> <laughs> i took off the i took the top off the maybach so i go. always get there that wrong go. but um so it says it describes on the side of the can as um dead guy ale is a maybach uh, style ale with a robust malt profile and a sweetness that is balanced by the liberal use of bittering hops. There you go. Um, the, the font's a little hard to read. Yeah, exactly. I'll, we'll talk about the can in a little bit, but the aroma is what... Oh, oh, God. God. First of all, really good head retention. Um, I say for the style, I don't know much about the style in terms of what you would expect. Yeah, but mine's, I do know mine's that gone. The, oh, <laughs> the aroma is just fantastic. It was, it was good coming out. Um, so malty and just so good. Based on the aroma alone, this could be up there for the tied maybe with the Mystic Bach for that malty smell. Yeah, I mean the ABV comes in at six point eight percent, so I think Mystic Bach was it was slightly lower, but that one was just so thick and malty. Um, This one almost smell has that aroma, almost like the brewery smell, the wort smell, Um, almost like it's not a beer, almost like it hasn't been quite been brewed yet. But I mean, it's six point eight percent, so you know it has been, but um. And the mm. color is just something we have never really seen before. It's like a cross between a amber and a very red. If you hold it up, I'm holding it up into the light of the laptop currently because I don't have a sun outside. But um, <laughs> I don't have a sun. It's very dark red, orange. It's definitely translucent in the fact that like it's almost like sunset like I, colors. Yeah, it's just a very um in artist terms, it's a burnt sienna. So for hey, any there of you our go. artists listening, it's it's that type of like good shade here. Um, but yeah, it's just so fantastic. And I love the look of this beer in the glass. This looks like a, like a truly European and in this case, German style beer. God, mm-hmm. it's so good. God. Um, and that aroma too. Flavor. Yeah. Did you go for flavor? I, I saw you take a sip. Don't think I didn't see you mm-hmm. take that sip. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I haven't yet mm-hmm. until now. Oh, gotcha. I was oh, going to say. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. I need to, I need to go in again. So I will say real quick while Kyle's going in one more time. As a precursor, uh, we picked this one up at Total Wine this time, and it did get, I noticed, an 88 on at a beer advocate. So they they typically will put any of their highly rated beers. Yep. And this one is 88, so it's not quite 90, but it just it, it's a looking at some of their awards listed on the website, which I'm trying to scroll down. Like I'm going to be able to scroll Here. down on the screen you. that you're sharing. I got you. <laughs> but it's definitely an award winning beer. Um, to, and I'm pr- fairly certain this is a, a rogue comment, but. I'm pretty sure this is their flagship beer because um, it's been around for a while. Yeah. So. But it's got a few gold, platinum medals. Um, I was looking for Great American Beer Fest. I know it's got some Great American Beer Fest awards. Um, I'm surprised I don't see it on here. One, yeah. I think they've got some of the more recent awards listed on the website, but they definitely um, have won something at Great American Beer Fest for this. So, And it is year round. We j- I just scrolled down like two, two inches mm-hmm. and there it is. Boom. And also, um, they um, they make reference to it right next to that online. It talks about availability and the fact that they do a Dead Guy Halloween packaging version of this. Yeah. Um, which, if I mean, 
I guess we can go and talk about the cans since we're yeah, you talking wanna, yeah, about packaging and different things. It's you know, it's a bl- all black can, completely opposite from the Arboriola. I don't think there's ever been a time where we've gone from completely like kind of light and delicate design to just completely dark, dark and, and gothic. ominous. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and this has literally a you know a skeletonized dude on the front holding a beer in one hand and a weird hat, which I've never quite figured out. Yeah, what that's for. But I'm assuming that's the dead guy. Yeah. Um, with some, you know, it's 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 a again rogue renowned brewery. This is a full on like laser print printed can. Yep. This is not a you know they they you can't peel this sucker off. You can't peel it off. So, but again, I think cans for them has been newer over the last few years. Um, they traditionally always did bottles. They actually yep. always did those like bottles that were painted. So I don't mean I'm talking yeah. about like a bomber that they would just paint the outside of the can mm-hmm. and then put the label on it. So they like made the bottle completely um, opaque. I, so. I love the fact that they do. Um, so like Rogue's uh, signature kind of thing is they have this really nice blocky text and then uh, a nice red star in the O. They use that star as their description um with each point of the star being a different uh a different note um so on this one they have uh malt toffee bitter roast and nutty and i would assume that those change based on the beer that they are brewing so an ipa would probably have like pine or resin um or anything like that but yeah you make a good point because it's almost like you're right what you traditionally see is one of those scales where depending on how far out it goes is you're right what level it is but i agree that it's probably a little different it's interesting to me that they include nutty and roast on there but then those are like in the lowest echelon they have kind of and that's we're doing a terrible job of describing this so don't worry about it <laughs> listeners but it's literally just think of just it as look like it literally up. a a flavor profile yeah look it up on their website uh rogue.com that's how cool they are is they literally just don't even have to put brewery it's just rogue yep um and they also list the ingredients on there, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. So branding all around for Rogue, I think this is where, you know, having a brewery like this is they're going to be, you know, have some really robust branding both on the can and on the website, kind of talk about the beer itself. But yeah. um, they're very, yeah, they definitely have a, very transparent with what they use and what they mm-hmm. would consider the beer to be. They definitely have gone through cadences or different um Gosh, look at me. I'm using very business type words wow. during a podcast, but um, they've definitely gone through different iterations, I'd say, of can, you know, kind of um, design to go with this beard. The only consistent has probably been the black and then the dead guy they use, but um, talks about it on the side, on the back of the can. It has that same star as well. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that it's like silver on black. That definitely speaks to like a um, motorcycle, motorcycle gang type of thing. Yep. Um, it even puts the, uh, pair it with or pair as well with type of thing on there. And they say grilled asparagus, barbecue ribs, and pecan pie. It sounds real so, good. Um, yeah, super cool can. They've got some of the details on the side. They've even got their own hashtag for this one. It's they hashtag do. dead guy ale, dead guy ale. So, and if you're wondering, any- you can get a 10 cent refund in, uh, <laughs> Oklahoma. So, Yes, you can. Or a cash refund. Just want to throw California. that out. I've never, I've never understood what that means. So, listeners, please let me know what that means. You don't, you don't know the what cash that means? refund piece. Well, I know what it means, but I'm saying like the cash refund aspect. Like, what do I, I, I if I pay two bucks for this can, can I just like take it back to a store and get two, two cents, two dollars back? Sorry. No, 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 no. So what it is is recycling plants will buy yeah. aluminum cans from you for different rates. Mm-hmm. So most states are pretty similar in their rates. But some of them are very different. So, like, Oklahoma will accept $0.10 cents, um, mm. for this can specifically um, and or it's really just aluminum the refund in general. Aspect. Yeah. It's the refund aspect I've never understood. Like, I understood yeah. the 5 and $0.10, cent, but I'm dating myself a little bit. But cash refund. Anyway, yeah, we digress. Anyways. <laughs> Great branding um, for Rogue. Yeah, I love the – I've just – again, I love the fact that it wins a, a print-on can in the mat, too. Yeah. This is almost like that even tie we did, but it's also like a matte version of it, so it's super cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's talk flavor. I mean, we've talked a little bit about the malt, but man, um, it's it's up there for I think one of I, I think it may earn the echelon of multi goodness multi beers. Yeah, I definitely agree that it's very similar to the um, Mystic Bach. Yeah, from the Mystic Bach, which yeah. ironically enough. So as I say that, you're right. We definitely did another Bach. Mystic Bach, I think, was season two. Yeah. Which is why it hasn't been included on the list yet, but I'm completely okay with that. So <laughs> naturally, Christmas speaks. But I do want to look up, and I'm going to be looking it up, which is the 
Maybach style because that just is such an intriguing style. I, I, I was trying to say, I was trying to figure out what it is about this that points to Maybach, um, Maybach, Maybach, whatever. Um, but I definitely think that multi is is the word. I think lagering is is what they typically do. Um, so it, it, just a, a quick update. It says the Maybach style is an update of the style to conform to the popularity of the Pilsner and lager beers in the mid to late 1800s, or a stronger version of a German Hell's or light colored beer. Um, so from what I gather from that, it's kind of like a Hell's, which yeah. again made very much in the um, lager style, mm-hmm. but not quite like a true roasty dark one. So I, I, in my box, I would expect to get a lot of the um, sweetness from the malt character. And that's definitely what I'm getting. Yeah. Um, this for sure has that sweetness to it and not a ton of bitter uh, like hops whatsoever. I don't, I don't feel like I'm getting a ton of it. If anything, it's going to be at the end a little bit with that kind of uh, dry, bitter kind of bite. Um, but it, it's, it's not very, uh, very prevalent here. No, definitely not. Um, it is 40 IBU though. It does have that listed on the side of the can. So I mean, it's not, it's not nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, SRM, which is the color profile, is, is 16. So it's definitely up there in the darkness. Again, I just can't get over how beautiful it is in the glass. Just the color. This is So price point. Yeah, I was just going to say, this is the epitome of what I would consider the style that hits hard mm-hmm. in Wisconsin. <laughs> um, people love yeah. their roasty, malty um, beers. So. And there's nothing to, you know, nothing against obviously Rogue, but there's nothing overly complex about it, which I think is super cool, which is why I think they've been able to continually over and over kind of recreate this as being a great beer. And they've made it their flagship. Um, It looks like from a hop perspective, they use Pearl and Sterling hops. So they're able to keep the keep the um, the cost down there because Pearl and Sterling are very you you never hear about those. You never hear about a single hop IPA made with Pearl hops or Sterling hops. Those are very much just like basic bittering hops. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, they weren't definitely weren't trying for like hoppy Bach or hoppy Amber in any way. But this almost seems to me like a triple hop or a triple, um, a triple strength Amber Ale, almost like a yep. double Imperial Amber Ale or something. Like it got juiced up that, before the race. Yeah, or you don't you don't see that very often. But that just seems to me like the the, the yes got juiced. <laughs> Did you say juiced up for the race? Juiced up for the race. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the other Ambers are out there thinking they can win on their morals, and this guy just juices up. I just know that with this beer at 6.8%, this is dangerous because I feel like mm. – so, okay, I don't always do it, but with this one, it pr- it does come in a six-pack, it looks like. It and does. The price point's probably around nine ninety nine to ten ninety nine. It is, yeah. Um, actually, it looks like it comes in a good bit of varieties. But So could you do a six-pack of this? And I think I'd specify a six pack. Think on a just a mild day. It doesn't have to be a hot day because I definitely don't think that for me, it's the Maybach. The only thing that's hard for me about this one right now is the fact that it's considered to be a May or a, potentially a spring to summer beer. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I would say in the in the dead of summer, no, it, especially because this is a year round beer. I don't think I could. Mm-hmm pick this up in the summer and feel like comfortable like I could drink a, a six pack of it but in the spring where it's you know maybe 50 and in, in Georgia maybe a little bit of breeze going on yeah I could crush a six pack of this easily yeah I mean I think that this is one of those sipper well I say evening sippers you know May that's true a May night now that I think about it, I mean yeah oh, here we are in Georgia in what mid-May late May and it's actually right late May and it's dropping into the fifties pretty much in the night. And that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Weather's been doing crazy stuff, but yeah, I could definitely drink some of these sitting by, I won't say a fire, but chilling out by the lake. I don't know if I could do a six pack. That's the problem. I'm having mm-hmm. a hard time envisioning myself drinking a six pack. And mm-hmm. some of that's probably because it comes off so thick and heavy that I feel like I get so bloated from drinking about three of these most yeah four probably yeah three to four at most and that's like all i'm drinking that night yeah um so again nothing against rogue i just feel like it's one of those it's, it's just not one of those ones that you could drink a full six pack of in one sitting it's one of those that you maybe want to let age a little bit challenge sit accepted. On it for a month or two 
<laughs> challenge accepted. I definitely would. <laughs> I would say this. We only bought some singles of this one because um, we were we wanted to do it for the show. But I could def- I would definitely buy a six pack of this and just I would kind of too. have them in, have them in the storage to every now and then pop one out and drink it. You know. So. Yeah, and and I think another perspective uh, on it as well is that you see this a lot, like kind of. I think I'm pretty sure it's in Target. Like there, there's a lot of different places that sell this, and you kind of get that aspect of, oh, this is a macro brewery, right? Like this is owned by Miller yeah. or, uh, you know, Anheuser Busch or something, and it's independent, um, right now, uh, which is great. Um, yeah. it, and I think, uh, I think it's, I think it's one of those that I would not feel guilty picking up you know a couple six packs of this and just having it around to drink all the time like you said yeah and i think even past that i mean they do i agree with you that that was something i hadn't thought of is that you're right you might get if you're especially if you're like us and you're one of those that shies to shy away from the macro brewery beers rogue i would assume that they were but you're right it's interesting that they're not but they have they do some really interesting stuff that it's hard not to be drawn towards sometimes have you ever had any of their voodoo donut series by chance I haven't. I've I've seen it before. I have not picked it up at all. Yeah. I mean, Voodoo Donut is it's they've it's you either love it or hate it, to be honest. There's no there's kind of no in between. I mean, just to give you some of the flavors they've done for this one in the past, um, which I have see six listed on untapped, but their Voodoo Donut series was ma- uh, bacon maple ale. Ooh. They had a pretzel, raspberry, and chocolate ale, which I've actually tried, by the way. And I'll have to look and see what I gave it from a score perspective. Um Chocolate peanut butter and banana ale, Ooh. lemon chiffon cruller ale, a mango astronaut ale, and a grape gorilla. That was always the one that kind of ugh, that one got gorilla. torn up. By the way, yeah, that one, the grape gorilla and lemon chiffon cruller, and the chocolate peanut butter and banana ale all got torn up from a flavor profile perspective. I that's the thing I hate is I feel like Rogue, they don't get credit. They try and do a lot of cool things. Honey Kolsch. Yeah. They try and do a lot of cool things. Um, I think they have their own, obviously, like hop fields. Actually, I'm like 90% certain they actually do have, they produce a lot of their hops that they use in some of their IPAs and stuff locally yeah. like on site. Which would make so sense. They have the climate cool. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, obviously, yeah, based in Oregon, that's literally their smack dab in the center of, you know, where you need to be for growing hops. Um, but yeah, I mean, that thing, that'd be super cool. That's super farm to table for sure. So. Not to mention, I, ju- I just was looking at their beer and I just pulled it up as well. They have a thing called a supply drop, which is a 24 pack of, ac- of four of their different styles. So an American lager dead guy, uh, as well as bat squash and Newport days, um, which is super None of which you could probably get here in Georgia. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Rogue definitely is one of those where you cannot get all of their items. Like we've seen hazelnut brown nectar around here. I've never actually had it though. Um, I know that we've seen the, some of the voodoo donut series. I know I've seen some of their fresh hop series. Um, the chocolate stout I've seen Kyle's going through the list. I'm not like rolling these off knowing, but um, so you can definitely find them. There we go. The six hop IPA. Like that's one I've had. Uh, they even make that pumpkin patch ale that I've also had. It's just, it's, you don't remember, but you've, you've definitely tried some good rogue beers before and you just, yeah. the branding is like very colorful. I feel like it's not streamlined in any way. I mean, it's not like all the same. In Correct. Any way, yeah. So, um, overall thoughts, Chris, before we, uh, end this section of the episode. <clears throat> so overall, um, I actually didn't think I was, I, my last recollection of this beer was, that I wasn't going to, I say love it, um, but I'm actually pleasantly surprised. Um, maltiness is very good. You know, I'm going to ding it a little bit. Not much. Honestly, I'm going to give it a 4.0. Yeah. I'm actually really happy with this beer, especially as a go-to drinker, which is really what we're trying to get people, you know, yeah. why we're featuring it. We want some go-to drinkers for sure, um, especially this time of year uh, where you just need some things you can grab a six pack of and know confidently that it's going to be a good beer. So yeah, I give it a 4.0 price yeah. point all into. So I, uh, I give it a four two five. I think, um, my, my personal likes of, of beers in general falls in that kind of category of the maltiness of this beer. Um, I think that the price point on this is super attractive. Um, at, 
10.99 i think a six pack super easy and also that abv also comes into into play too the 6.8 um abv uh i think it's a really good all-around drinkable beer um and one that i think a lot of people would see regularly that they would maybe pass by um that they could pick up and and really enjoy so yeah i i 100 agree and just for for kicks i had to go back and look at whether or not i'd tried this on untapped and i had nice and my previous rating was a 3.5 and my comments were mistake by not bad however <laughs> so <laughs> i'm not sure what i meant by that young why chris it was a mistake come on by but also interesting i'm looking at check-ins and have you tapped this in today by chance i have not yet but i probably will i i kid you not as we speak the most recent activity on untapped this very minute is kyle b drinking a red rogue dead guy ale wow at untapped at home well yeah. kyle b at so home who's not me cheers to you man he gave it a four cap though so okay did not so no um no Great beer by Rogue. Um, yeah. Definitely check them out. They definitely give you a variety, too. So, cheers. Cheers. Chris, we come to that final moment where we have our final beer, which is sad, but also exciting because we have a new one. Yeah, as usual, do. that we have not featured. Uh, we are featuring Andy Gator from Abida Brewing. Abida? Uh, Abida. Abida. It's pronounced. Which, hey, I, feel I like, like the a fact lot of that people. We just went through all the different pronunciations. A lot of people uh, pronounce it differently. So I just wanted and to I hit them all. And I couldn't tell you, and I couldn't tell you where the name came from, um, but I do know that I've they're located right there north of, kind of the north of the Pontchartrain in the New Orleans area. Yep. So. Yep. They yeah, they've had cool beer. they have a, a ton of uh, a ton of different beers, but this one in particular I've had before, um, and I'm really excited to actually crack this open with you. Um, it's their what their Hell's uh, Doppelbox, so we're kind of sticking yeah, in that ironically German enough, theme. We were just talking about it, and it, I knew that we were doing a Bach with this one for some reason. I thought they classified this beer as a Maybach as well, mm -hmm. but I did not realize that this was actually a Hell's Doppelbach. So, and I've also had it before, but it's been a while, so I'm excited. Um, let's crack into it yeah, and see what we got. Rip into it. Rip. This is a bottle too, folks. Uh, we had cans on the first two, and this is this is a bottle. So this is an eight percenter. So this is why we're ending with this one today, by the way. So uh, it's interesting because looking at the site which Kyle has up, which hold on, I want to hear that pour. Oh, it's a good sound. Um, looking at the site that Kyle has up, which is the Abita website, which has a lot of information about the beer, I noticed that the they have some information, which is IB. Uh, sorry, the SRM, the color, the Love Bond scale is yep. eight, which means, and I'm seeing it in the glass, it's a much lighter beer than the last one. Yeah, uh, a lot lighter. Uh, this is more uh, almost in the vein of the the honeysuckle uh, Kolsch. <laughs> A little, yeah, bit, sure. little bit darker, but not quite. Like a good medium between the other two. A good medium. Um, good head retention, though. Actually, you're right. Color is, you're right, just a slight darker. It's not that straw color, but it's like a golden, like a dark golden color. It's um, what you would expect, I think, from like a golden ale or a, a blonde ale. Good head in, retention in on mine. Oh, I say good head retention. It just yeah. looks good in the glass. Yeah. My head yeah. retention's not so great. And I think we checked, and we basically have about the same. Well, what was the date on yours? If you don't, mind uh, mine's Best Buy six twenty one twenty. Mine is uh, eight twenty twenty. Okay, so, so yours is a little bit fresher. Also, we both got these from Total Wine today, and I pulled from the back of the stack because I figured they might Good be call. doing some first yep. in, or sorry, last in, last out action, and I was right. Yep. And so I, the first one, however, in the, in the uh, aisle or the row was actually from Best Buy June 2020. So, um, which I just realized is a much closer than you think it is. It but, is uh, creeping up, man. So the, I don't know if you, I don't remember you explaining it, but yeah, I think that we wanted to feature Abita because this is like our regional one. Yeah. We wanted to focus on yeah. someone a little bit localer. Localer. Wow. That is not a word. Yeah. <laughs> And now in, I said it on a podcast. Yeah, you did. Uh, they're Fun. they're like south southeast area, right? They're in Louisiana. 
Yeah, so like yeah. like I said, they're just north of the Pontchartrain River. If you kind of stay on I-10 as opposed to going towards New Orleans, for those of you familiar with your New Orleans geography. There you go. Um, Abita has some really good beers coming out. They've obviously got Purple Haze was yep. their raspberry lager. We thought about doing that one. Um, they've also got a strawberry lager or strawberry ale. Strawberry lager, lager I believe. Lager ale. Okay, cool. They've got an amber ale. They've got a couple beers. I've actually... I've driven by I, on I-10. I've driven by a few times, and I see the exit for Abita, and I'm like, I want to stop, but then never do for some reason. <laughs> so yeah. I feel bad that I've never been by there, but um, this beer is definitely one that is – it's interesting because as a Hell's Double Bock, Double Bock are typically like a – think on the Belgian scale. It's a Bock, but like a double version. Yep. I mean, hence, again, Doppel is double in German. So. Yep. Um, and then hells, so I, I would have expected this one to be lighter than the reg that than the uh, dead guy eel. So I'm surprised that it's like lighter ABV, but I'm surprised that it's lighter in color but heavier in alcohol. Yeah, so. and aroma for me, I'm not getting a whole lot. I've I've Ooh. the whole time you've been talking, I've kind of been sniff, you know, sniffing it a little bit. I'm not getting a lot. It's taken a lot to get a little bit of the uh, the it, it's it, you can get the the maltiness a little bit, um, but other than that. That's about it. I definitely get... See, I get some on Aroma. Again, it's not quite as malty um, as the dead guy was. But it is... On the Aroma, I'm definitely getting um, something. I'm not getting much hops. I'm getting a lot of that. I'm getting a little bit of the maltiness. I'm getting almost like a Belgian character to it, which is really interesting because now that we've we've had some of these Bach beers, I will say that I, I probably don't... I think I probably mis misinterpreted this style before and probably um, associated it with Belgian styles before a little bit of that sweet character and yep. some of the like the the banana yeasty character. But um, with like Dead Guy, for example, I didn't. I only got malt. I didn't get a whole lot of that like sweet character. With this one, I'm getting a lot more like the Belgian yep. yeast character. So. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because they use a German lager yeast, <laughs> which um, well, I mean. I think it's, I mean, it's definitely a German style. It's just, yeah. it's, the aroma just doesn't, you're right, it just comes off more Belgian to me. Yeah. But I've also taken a sip already, so. I did too. Um, I may have to take another one. I always like to do two, just to clarify what I'm thinking. <coughs> make sure, make sure what you taste the first time. Yes, listeners, please do take two sips before you immediately drain pour a beer. And even then. Also, don't drain pour a drain, beer. Pour, I was going to say, even <laughs> if you're planning on drain pour, don't. That just is begging for attention on social media, which... I'm sorry, a beer is a beer, unless it's like god awful and like I'm worried I'm gonna get sick from it. Which yeah, every now and then I've had a homebrew of mine where I'm like, eh, I might get sick if I continue drinking this, so I'm gonna not. Drink you know, this. in the last in the last probably since we started the podcast, there's been maybe one or two beers that have just been not up to snuff and yeah, very much past the point of no return. Um, which is a lot of beer. So it's it's I feel like brewing beer is much like um writing a paper in high school or college where you're kind of just like this is really bad but it's the only i have to submit i have this to submit this this, <laughs> this is the only way that i'm gonna have a chance of getting a grade let's just hope that it's let's just hope that it's enough to to get a passing grade and you know what i waited i feel like i waited until the last second to submit this paper but i have to submit mm-hmm. it well, I'm usually a perfectionist about that type of stuff. So in school, I'll be like, oh, this is really bad. Like, I don't, this is not worth it. And I'm like, but then I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm like, it's all right. It's worthy of getting at least a 70 or an 80 on it. So I'm like, that's fine. That's, that's, that's what I need. It's, yeah. And so in beer, in, in breweries cases, it's like, hey, this will make us money at least. That doesn't matter. It might, we won't remake it or yeah. we'll change the recipe, but. Exactly. And. This is not at all Andy Gator. That's no, not at all what this, this beer tastes like. This is not at all. Like. This, we, we're we just, just went saying on a small that. tangent there. <laughs> we did go on a small <laughs> tangent, which is very possible. But um, I'm interested to see. I mean, I'm, I'm reading kind of through. I appreciate you, Kyle, sharing your screen with me and putting up the, the description of the beer. Um, this beer is widely distributed throughout the country, I'd say. Mm-hmm. It does look like it's a year-round um, brew. It is. Which, now that I think about it, I see different Abita beers. They make root beer, by the way. Um, they do. I see different Abita beers on draft. In it for, well, I used to see them on draft throughout Atlanta. <laughs> um, different ones, but I feel like this is definitely one of the ones you you always see. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's inspired. So Andy Gator, it's a creature of the swamp. It's a unique high-gravity brew made with Pilsner malt. 
German lager yeast and German pearl hops. So again, this one uses pearl hops. Super interesting. Um, yeah. What was the price point on this one? Do you do we remember? Um, I think this. So we I we bought a single. Um, uh-huh. I believe my single was one ninety nine. Um, okay. so I want to say like probably roughly around 10 bucks for the six pack, yeah. maybe nine ninety. Yeah. I, I think it was in that same range of like the, I feel like most of the beta beers, unless it's one of their like high, um, unless it's one of their bombers or something. Yeah. Most of these are typically in that 10, 10 range. I feel like you can even buy a beta in most grocery stores. I think Kroger yeah. still carries a beta. They do. Um, purple haze is a pretty, pretty regular there. Mm-hmm. So, so compared to the Maybach, what do we think about? Not so much flavor, but um, because they do call this a Hell's Double Bach. Sure. What, what's your What's your take there? You know, it to me, it's it's a little bit lighter. Um, I get a little bit more. I want to say, not overall sweetness, but like my palate stays a little bit more sweet um, throughout the 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 process of drinking it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you can feel a little bit more of that ABV, not in a way where it's intrusive or it's, it's kind of butting its head at all with the beer. I think it's very well balanced with the beer, but y- you can definitely tell it's a little bit more higher ABV. Yeah. The, the 8% on the Abita is definitely expected. Whereas I feel like with the, with the dead guy, it was, it was almost like there, but it was sneaky in a way. So, yeah, which I, which I feel brings us to the six pack test. Yeah. Naturally. So how, where, where, where are we landing on this one? See with this one, I, th- I feel like by the time I finished the sixth, I would be feeling the 8%. I, I would, I would know that the 8% was there. Whereas the dead guy, I feel like I could maybe get away with the 6.3. Um, yeah. And, and feel like I was, I was doing all right. Um, I feel like, I feel like that's very bold because I don't even think I could get to six of these. Honestly, I think it's more like a three at most for me right now. Yeah, you one. know what? I I'd probably go, I'd probably go down to a three. Um, I could drink a six pack of this. It would be a, it would be an one of those nights. But yeah, it it a hundred percent would be one of those nights, and you would wake up wishing you hadn't. Which correct? Good beer. It's just from a craft dr- beer drinker perspective, it would be hard to. Get, this is the type of beer that I will say I feel like it's hard to get someone to come to from a non-craft beer drinking. This yep. is not an easy transition from uh, your everyday domestics, even your heavy, like your Bud Platinums. Yeah, the old <laughs> Bud Platinum. The old Bud Platinum. Yeah, I just don't think this is an easy transition beer. This is definitely one of those that I feel like is if you already like your um, your... I'm trying to think what strong ale, Belgian strong ale, yep. some of your other double box, then maybe you could, you would try transitioning this one um, as an everyday type of drinker. But this is just, it's, it's one of those beers. It's interesting to me that's that they've made it this long with this beer as being one of their year rounds, as opposed to just something that's maybe like a twice a year type of thing. Yeah, so. I would agree. And at the end of the description on their website, it says sip it for more enjoyment, which I think is, which I think is probably the, best statement they could say about it because i think this is a sipping beer more than a drinking beer just for the abb and everything that goes into and it, it does say that it gives you the warning because of the high alcohol content so yeah you're not wrong now something i do feel like they got right on this one was not that they didn't get any other thing else right but the bitterness is really good yeah um it has it listed here as a 25 ibu so that's that's super cool um, and I feel like that fits this beer style. You wouldn't want this to be one of those where you can really get a lot of your, your hops coming through. Um, I think it's meant to be a little bit sweet. So, um, want to talk about the bottle a little bit? Yeah. Cause the, um, the, can, the bottle design is really cool and I feel like it fits New Orleans. Yeah, it does. They do the, the half labels on the front top and, uh, on the bottom back as well. They're not doing the full wraparounds, um, which I think is interesting. They do a, a very good job of, of keeping their their brand name a little bit separated from their their beer name, so you can kind of uh, designate between their different styles of beers. Um, but they have a really good graphic as well, which is uh, you know an alligator with a, a crown kind of splashing around in the water. 
I almost associate that with King Gator. Yeah. Since literally it's since literally it's almost like a Mardi Gras colors. Yeah. The green, yellow, and purple, yep. and a little bit of red splashed in. It's almost like the uh, I think of like King Cake, but kind of mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, yeah. I I also get the vibe from the alligator from the the hit movie Hook. Just throwing that out. Ah. You know what? That's a that's a good one, actually. That You're that e- evil alligator. He's got his eyes slightly closed, like he's won the battle already. Yep. yep. Even though that one never won the battle. No. But he turned um, into a clock. <laughs> interesting that Abita has bottles. So two two thoughts there. It seems like a lot of their beers they put in bottles still. They I do. did notice at the store they did have purple haze in a can, which they, means did. they do have access and i feel like they're the type of brewery that has money for canning so that's no big deal for them but also do you notice these bottles are custom it's kind of like the the dogfish head they're the little short little ones not the not the long necks they're the short necks but yep they're almost like the uh what is it the lagunitas style bottles Mm -hmm. a little bit shorty that's true a little bit shorty so a lot of color on these bottles um so for me i know i've checked this in on untapped once before um Back in 2015, when I was in the middle of getting all my beers checked in at that point in time. There you go. Um, and I, I gave it a 2.5. So Wow. No comments, unfortunately. So past Chris, unfortunately, did not give me <sighs> Come much. Come on with the comments, man. I was going to say, five Chris, five years ago, didn't give me much to go on today. Um, but, I, I mean, it's definitely a good brew. I it's, it's just one that's hard for me to drink, and I don't think that I drink a whole lot of them. And I'm not sure what it is. I think what I liked about the dead guy was that it was very malty. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this one comes off less malty and more Belgian yeah. style, which is hard to, hard to drink a whole lot of. Yeah, it, it sits between a few different styles. I think it makes it hard to really find what it's good at, find where it picks up and kind of hits the road, and find where it's kind of not um i think it's that definitely that in between where it's really weird um especially because they use the you know german yeast and german hops and um it it definitely gives you that more sweet vibe from the belgium style that i just i i I literally can't peg it it's it's super weird yeah i feel like it's misstyled a little bit yeah in my opinion which i mean hey they're the ones making it so I know they're using German lager and German German Pilsner malt and hops, but I, I just still feel like maybe it's a German style beer with more of a Belgian twist. Yeah. So uh, overall um, rating now updated. So I'll update it. I, and I will actually go up a little bit. I'm going to give it a three, not much better, but I'm going to give it a three. And I, I think that a lot of it's because my beer profile has probably, expanded i know for a fact back in 2015 i was very heavy in the ipas world as we were all (laughs) as we started drinking um and so for this for me at the time this beer was probably very much like wow this is just too much um not hoppy enough and too much but now i'm gonna say that i i appreciate what they're they're doing here i feel like they're their style they're almost getting it i just feel like it's a little too belgian um not a huge fan of the i don't like can't a bottle or can design it's like got too much going on and i feel like that's one thing that unfortunately they're they're doing here yeah um abv is a little bit too too high for me even for the style i yeah. feel like maybe a seven percent even the six six range would be good so price point's really good though um, yeah i'll give them that and it is just a really good beer i'd probably i wouldn't buy a six pack um right up i would not buy a six pack all the time i would buy a one or two singles of this, and I would potentially get it on draft at a, at a brewery. Yeah. I just wouldn't, I don't know if I'd, I'd hang on to a six pack just to, to age for any reason. So yeah, I'm giving it a three. I would, I would kind of be the same way. I think the probably if a 3.0 is probably right where I would sit as well. I think the, the biggest thing for me is that I think this is more of a, um, how do I put that? Like a, not to be, not to seem bad, but the ABV makes it seem like a a young craft beer drinker's uh, beer. Uh, it's one where people are like, cool, 8%. I'm going to pick it up. It's going to be my six pack leading into the night. And I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, feel good for the rest of the night and continue on with my business. Um, but I don't, I don't think, like you said, the, the confusion with the style, the taste, as well as the ABV, 
you know, the ABV for me uh, just puts it down to a three. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's just some conflicting things there. So for sure. other than that, though, I mean, we know for a fact, Abita makes some good beers. I've they had do. some great beers from them. And, and there's a right place and right time for everything. And I feel like with this one, it's just, it's kind of a, it actually, I, I will say this. I, I know I kind of said it against it earlier, but I could drink it year round. I just couldn't drink it like in the middle of a hot hundred degree day or even Correct. like a, but this is definitely like a, maybe a night beer, like a nightcap type beer. Sure. Could be, could yeah. be really good for that. Um, it's just the time and place beer. So exactly. Um, no, I'd say cheers to uh, Abita. Cheers and to Abita. Andy Gator. And definitely want to try that strawberry lager soon, but cheers oh, yeah. to this one. Thank you very much for joining us on this episode of the Multi Goodness Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Tooten, sitting or still sitting next to you or whatever, sitting across from Kyle. <laughs> I'm technically sitting across from you, Kyle. You are. So um, we, we appreciate you joining us on this episode. Um, remember, you can stay up to date with all things Multi Goodness at our website, multigoodness.com, where you can also check out a beer list, which will be updated within the next you know week or two with, with all yeah. of our most recent beers. So um, also on Facebook at Multi Goodness and on Instagram at Multi Goodness Podcast. And hey, we're always looking for some auditorial corrections and or feedback. So feel free to reach out to us on any one of the social platforms or email to do that. Um, and keep in mind, we do have some uh, cool merch online. We're going to have more in the coming weeks. And we remind you to go out and check out your local breweries. Their prices might be a little high sometimes, but it's I think that it's completely worth it right now. Because, I mean, they're just, totally. they're just trying to make sure that if you want good beer to drink in the future, unfortunately, you have to kind of pay a little bit more now. And that's just to make sure that they're able to continue making great beer. So Exactly. Um, we featured some some spring brews today, and we got some some awesome episodes coming up. Kyle and I have planned some some cool things, trying to keep spirits high and focus on some some distribution that you can get maybe local to you, not in Georgia if you're not around here. Mm-hmm. But uh, any final thoughts, Kyle? You know what, Chris? I'm really missing sports right now. Mm, um, me too. So let's hope uh, we can get some sports soon that are safe uh, for everyone. So that cheers. hopefully have real fans instead of sex dolls yeah i would agree (laughs) cheers cheers